Hello and welcome to the Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The BBC presents Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in Paul Temple and the Conrad Case. Episode 7, Coffee for Miss Conrad. I've got a small showroom in Great Parkin Street, just opposite the post office. Drop in any time, I'll be glad to see you. Just ask for Captain Smith. Captain Smith. <laughs> That's right, Mrs. Temple. Everyone calls me Paddy because I'm Irish. I take it you're not in the service now, Captain Smith. No, I just keep the old title to remind me of the high times we used to have. And, of course, it's a help in the car business. It inspires confidence, if you see what I mean. Do they know you as Captain Smith of the Grove Club? Well, some of them know I'm called Smith, of course. But they all call me Paddy. Do you often go to the Grove? Well, yes, quite a bit. I enjoy it. The band's tip-top and I like the kids. Doesn't it ever get a bit too rowdy? <laughs> Occasionally. But I don't mind a rough and tumble every now and then. Shakes up the old liver. I say, do you, do you mind if I stop here for a minute? Uh, this is Barclay Square, isn't it? Yes, I've got a little pied terre over one of the office buildings and I, I've left the key. The caretaker will let me have a duplicate. Then I needn't trouble him again when I get back later on. Mm, you're very lucky to find a flat in Barclay Square. <laughs> yes, I got it through a pal of mine. You can get anything, if you know the right people. So they tell me. I'll be back in a minute. So that's Captain Smith. Well, it seems harmless enough, darling. It's almost moronic. Don't you believe it. We've had two warnings from Joyce Gunter about Smith, and I'm inclined to take them seriously. Oh, perhaps you're right. Anyway, he does himself well. Barclay Square. <laughs> and the price of petrol doesn't seem to worry him. He's left the engine running. I wonder if there's a reason for that. Well, what possible reason could he have? I'm going to switch it off. What's the matter? I'm thinking about the plane and the time bomb. Someone obviously intended to put a time bomb on that plane, Steve, and they... Fi Listen. Do you hear that ticking noise? It's the dashboard clock, surely. The clock stopped. Look, 20 past six. Come on, Steve, get out, quickly. Yes. Come on, across the street. Right. Our friend Smith should have been back by now, and there's no sign of him. No. Look, here's a taxi. We might as well grab it and get home. Taxi! Where'd you, Governor? Eaton Square, please. Oh! Oh, what the blazes was that? Steve, look at the car. Just look at it. Oh, Paul. To yes, I told him the whole story. He's showing me some photographs tomorrow to see if I can identify our Irish friend. Oh, Paul, what a day. I believe it's the most exciting... Oh, no. It's probably Vosper again. Hello? Uh, Mr. Temple. Yes? This is Dr. Conrad. Oh, hello, Doctor. Is there any news of your daughter? Yes, she arrived home about ten minutes ago. Oh, good. Have you any idea where she'd been? No, no, she won't tell me. She's in a very difficult mood, I'm afraid. She refuses to see you tomorrow morning. She says she won't go to Scotland Yard again. Uh, ask her to come to the telephone, Doctor. Why, oh, I, I don't think she will. Listen, Doctor, 
Tell her that Countess Decker is dangerously ill. All right, uh, hold the line. Hello, Mr. Temple. Hello, Betty. What is it you want to tell me uh, about Countess Decker? She's very ill. Someone tried to murder her this evening. Who? But who tried to murder her? Where, where is she? She's in London, but I'll answer all your questions tomorrow morning, Betty. No, 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 I, I can't see you If you're morning. fighting shy of going to Scotland Yard again, I'll see you here in Eaton Square. I'll probably have some more news of Countess Decker by then. All, all right, Mr. Temple. Good. Tell your father to have you here by ten o'clock. Good night. Good night, She's coming here tomorrow morning. Oh. Excuse me, sir. Inspector Vosper's here. Oh, come in, Vosper. <laughs> You've certainly lost no time. Well, my men checked the place in Barclay Square. Your friend simply walked in at the front and out at the back. <laughs> There's no top flat, and of course the caretaker had never heard of Captain Smith or Paddy or whatever he likes to call himself. Uh, that's pretty much what I expected. I had a quick look through our records for Captain Smith. There's a notorious character using that name. Huh? He's also known as Major Spaulding and Lord Wensley. Lord Wensley? <laughs> Seems to be able to turn on English, Scots or Irish background according to his fancy. What's his line? Drugs, smuggling, confidence stuff. Anything that pays off. I'll check his photograph tomorrow morning. Good. If it's the same man, we'd like to get our hands on him. Any news of Countess Decker? Yes. She had an emergency operation and she's on the danger list. But they think there's a chance. Oh, by the way, I phoned Munich and passed the word on to Breckshaft about mm, her. I'm sure Herr Breckshaft will be interested. Yes. Well, he's over here tomorrow and he's calling round to see you. Oh, good. And now, Inspector, I insist that you have a drink. And oh, Steve, no. I insist that you go to bed, darling. <laughs> All right, Paul. Good night, Inspector. Good night, Mrs. Temple. Yeah, I was nearly asleep. Has the inspector gone? Yes, he's just left. Paul, do you think this man Smith is the man behind the whole case? The disappearance of Betty Conrad, the murder of Gerda Holman, the attempt on the Countess? Mm, he's deeply involved, there's no doubt about that. But there's someone else behind Smith. And that's the person I'm really after, Steve. You know who it is? I have a pretty shrewd idea. You know, I'm beginning to think there's only one way to deal with this affair. Mm -hmm. So far, I've been pretty orthodox. Now I think I'll be a little unorthodox. How do you mean? Steve, do you ever see that old friend of yours, the dress designer with the cottage near Tenterton? Gwen Thompson? Mm -hmm. Yes, I had lunch with her about a month ago. Why? Well, I want you to get in touch with her tomorrow morning. And this is what I want you to do. Everything all right? Yes, I phoned Gwen. Everything's fixed. Uh -huh. Oh, I think this is Betty Conrad and her father now. All right, I'll leave you. Now, the coffee's ready in the percolator there. Good. Now, I'll be in the drawing room if you want me. All right, darling. Dr. Conrad, sir. Oh, come in, doctor. Well, good morning. This is my daughter, Betty. Oh, hello, Betty. Come and sit down over here. I've had some news of your friend, Countess Decker. Oh, well, is she... She came round through the operation remarkably well. Uh, what have they found out yet? Who tried to kill her? Not yet. That's one of the things I want to talk to you about. I know nothing about it. Uh, Dr. Conrad, 
I'd rather like to talk to Betty alone, if you don't mind. But I've told you I've nothing to say. Now, listen, young lady. You may have nothing to say to me, but I have an awful lot to say to you. And if you don't listen to me, I think you'll be sorry. Very sorry. All right. Stay. Good. I'll be at Harley Street, Betty. Good morning, Mr. Temple. I'm very grateful to you. No, I'm grateful to you, Doctor, for bringing your daughter to see me. Goodbye. Goodbye. I haven't the slightest intention of telling you what happened to me. I know what happened to you. Do Yes, I do. <laughs> Come on, here's your coffee. No, no, thank you. Oh, dear, dear, you are in a difficult mood. Don't you like coffee? Yes, I, I do, but... Well, come on, then. Here you are. <laughs> Thank you. Could I have a little sugar? Yes, of course. Thank Help you. yourself. Now, I'm not going to ask you a lot of questions about why you suddenly disappeared from Mrs. Weldon's. I didn't dislike the school, if that's what you're thinking. No, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm more interested in what you can tell me about Gerda Holman. Gerda Holman? Yes. I don't know anyone of that name. You sure? She worked at a dress shop in Garmish. She was found murdered the day before yesterday. But I've never heard of her. All right, then you've never heard of her. It was very nice of you to be so concerned about Countess Decker. Is she a great friend of yours? I went to her house several times. She used to invite the girls from the school. Yes, I know, but was she a particular friend of yours? No. And yet you seemed very upset when I told you that she'd been shot. Well, naturally, I... Were you upset because the Countess had been shot... Or because you thought you knew who had shot her? I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Temple. All right. Well, let's go back to Gerda Holman. But I've told you I've never heard of Gerda Holman. But you saw her when you went to Madame Klein's to order your coat. Madame Klein, I tell you, I don't know any of these people. No? No. We found a card from her in your room saying that the coat was ready. Betty, when you first went to Germany, your father took you to Munich to arrange about the publication of one of his books. Yes. You and your father had dinner one night with a book publisher called Kurt Holman. That's when you met his daughter, Gerda, a girl of about your own age. Oh, was that Gerda Holman? Yes, that was Gerda. You also met Madame Klein at that dinner party. She was arranging for Gerda to enter her dress business. I was a stranger there. They spoke German. I, I didn't really know what was going on. Didn't you? Anyhow, you can see I've made quite a thorough investigation of this affair. What good has it done you? It's brought us a little nearer the truth. And it hasn't been easy to discover the truth about this affair. You see, some people, people like yourself, are being loyal to the wrong person. But I don't know what you I'm mean. I'm not I... blaming you. When one's young, it's not easy to discriminate. I've had enough of this. I feel don't Sit mind. Sit down and finish your coffee. Now, supposing we forget Gerda Holman and Countess Decker and talk about another friend of yours, Elliot France. He is a friend of yours, isn't he? Uh, no, Mr. France, of course. But he was very kind to me. When was he kind to you? Was it after you left the school? Yes, after I left the school. You, you say it was Mr. France who... who... I don't feel very well. You sleeping? Yes, I... I feel as if I... Was there something in that coffee? It tasted all right to me. Oh, I feel so sleepy. Now, there's nothing to worry about, Betty. Steve. Is she asleep? Yes. Have you got the rug? Yes, it's here. Everything's okay, Mr. Temple. The car's at the door. All right, Charlie. <laughs> Thank you.
leave. I didn't expect you back yet. I was lucky. The roads are very clear. Was everything all right? Mm, perfect. No trouble at all. Did she recover consciousness? Yes, just as we got her into the cottage. Gwen and I talked to her. We assured her she was perfectly all right and there was nothing to worry about. How did she take it? I think she'll be all right, Paul. You've explained everything to Gwen. I gave her a rough idea of what the poor girl's been through. She'll take care of her. And if there's any difficulty, I told her to telephone us. Good. Well, I suppose I'd better finish this letter. Can I offer you a cigar, Brexler? No, thank you. What about a drink? First, I would like to talk. Oh, yes, of course. Did you find out anything from Countess Decker? No, no, she's too ill to say anything. Mm. But one thing I am certain of, the attempt on her life, the murder of Gerda Holman, are all part of the same case. Really? You yourself do not think there is any connection? Oh, uh, tell me, before I forget, have there been any developments about Gerda Holman? Oh, we have searched the room at her lodgings. Everywhere there were pictures of this man, Elliot Fance, mostly cut from Continental magazines. And she had many copies of his novels, and also a press-cutting book devoted to his activities. Mm, things begin to add up, don't they? Do they? I think so. <laughs> what about that drink? Well, perhaps just a little whiskey. Good. Have you seen anyone from the yard yet? Oh, Inspector Vosper was kind enough to meet me at the airport. Mm, he's a nice chap, isn't he? And very efficient. Don't underrate him, Brexhaft. Mm, why should I underrate him? Uh, here's your drink. Thank you. Ah, let's go. You're very good health. <clears throat> the inspector told me about the car incident, about this so-called Captain Smith. Yes. Tell me, why did you get out of the car? What made you suspicious? I suppose it was just intuition. Ah, yes. I always say intuition is worth a thousand clues. Ah, my wife would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has anyone else seen Countess Decker today? Yes, as a matter of fact, Mr. Franz and Mrs. Weldon have seen her. They flew over with me this morning. They were most upset when I told them about the shooting and insisted on coming. Mm, I see. Now, there was something else I intended to ask you, Breckshaw. What on earth was... Oh, yes. Yes. About Fritz Gunther and his wife who owned the hotel at Omaramagar. Uh, do you know anything about them? Only what I've already told you. I believe Gunther was once an actor. Oh, of course, his wife is the businesswoman. She runs the hotel. Yes, I rather gathered that. Um, Mr. Temple. Yes? Uh, there's something I'd like you to know about Gerda Holman. Well... From the post-mortem, we established that Gerda Holman was a drug addict. Heroin? Yes, heroin. That doesn't surprise you, then? Not entirely. Have you had reason to believe that there's a drug-smuggling organization in Bavaria? Oh, we've had our suspicions for some time. Why do you ask? Because I discovered that June Jackson was a potential drug addict. June Jackson? Mm. Oh, the American girl, the one who disappeared. Yes. I taxed her with it and finally persuaded her to go home. Go home. So, that's what happened. Well, thank you for telling me. Things are beginning to fall into place. Yes. On the way back from the airport, the inspector told me you'd seen Betty Conrad today. Yes, I saw her this morning. How was she? Difficult, extremely difficult. She just refuses to talk. Oh, I expect she will in time. I don't know. She's a pretty obstinate girl, and I doubt very much... Oh, excuse me. 
Paul Temple speaking. This is Dr. Conrad. Oh, oh, hello, Doctor. I'm very anxious about Betty. She hasn't returned home yet. Uh, she left here about 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock? That's extraordinary. I just don't understand. Look, Conrad, don't worry. Give her until 8 o'clock, then if she hasn't turned up, ring me again. Yes, all right, Temple. I'll ring you again later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, it rather looks as if Betty Conrad's disappeared again. Again? <laughs> I'm glad she's not my daughter. Yes. Well, we shall see what happens. Um, there's a meeting tonight, isn't there, at Scotland Yard? Yes, yes, at six o'clock. Oh, are you going to be there? Well, Sir Graham's asked me, but I don't know whether I shall make it or not. Oh, it might be a very good idea if you could. After all, it was you that Countess Decker telephoned just before she was shot. Yes. Well, I'll try. <laughs> well, I... Uh, I must be off... Thank you for the drink. Not at all. Goodbye, Breckshaft. See you later, perhaps. Ah, oh, hello, Temple. Come in. They tell me to report here, Sir Graham. Yes, the meeting's in Vosper's office. I thought we'd go down together. Who else is attending this meeting? Mrs. Weldon, Elliot France, and Breckshaft. Ah, quite a gathering. Yes, before we go down, Temple, you'll be interested to hear we've checked on that Smith character. Ah. Vosper was right. He uses half a dozen aliases. We've been on the lookout for him for several months. What about the car show? That was nonsense, of course. They've never heard of him. Incidentally, it's our opinion that Smith was responsible for the Dale Black murder. Uh, who's Dale Black? He's the dead man you found in the house at Oxford, ah. just before you left for Germany. According to the FBI, Black was mixed up in the Tennessee drug scandal. He came over here on a false passport. And he was an associate of Smith's? Yes, we believe so. And according to all accounts, they had a frightful row. Anyhow, we'll sort Captain Smith out when we pick him up. When you pick him up, Sir Graham. <laughs> Don't worry, Temple. We'll find him. Well, come along. We'll join the others. Ah, good evening, Temple. Good evening. You know Breckshaft, of course, and yes, I think you know Mrs. Weldon and Mr. France. Oh, yes, please, I know. Well, uh, now, I, I think the best plan, Sir Graham, is for Mr. Temple to tell our visitors what happened last night. Then we can go on from there. Well... <coughs> Well, quite briefly, I had a telephone call from Countess Decker asking me to go and see her at the Coronet Hotel in Bloomsbury. When I got there, I found someone had tried to shoot her, and they were just taking her to hospital. Could you tell us, please, a little more about the telephone conversation? She seemed to be in a very nervous state, and she said she'd come over to London specially to give me some news about the Conrad case. Naturally, I agreed to see her. Did she mention anyone, Mr. Temple? A anyone in particular? Yes. She mentioned Mr. France. What did she say? Come along, Temple, let's have it. What did she say about me? Well, I gathered that she was not very pleased with you, Mr. France. Yes, that's true. As a matter of fact, we'd had a row. She glanced out of the house in a fit of temper, but I assure you I hadn't the least idea she intended coming to London. And you've no idea who tried to kill her? No, of course not. I can't imagine who it was. Hmm. You say the Coronet Hotel in Bloomsbury. That seems rather an odd place for Elsa to stay. Was she at the hotel under her own name? No, they knew her simply as Mrs. Decker. Oh. Well, that's about all there is to my story. Except that just before she became unconscious, she warned me about a certain Captain Smith. Captain Smith? Yes. Do you know anything about this Captain Smith, Mr. Franz? No, I... I've never heard of him. Mrs. Weldon? No, have I. Yes, well, now, the bullet that wounded Countess Decker came from a Gausson, a German army revolver, now out of use. Have either of you ever seen one? Well, I certainly haven't. Mr. Franz? Well, I've seen one, of course, but I don't possess one, Inspector, that's what you're thinking. You think it was this man, Smith, who tried to murder Elsa? We don't know, Mrs. Weldon, 
but we suspect that it might have been. We're after him on two other charges. Mrs. Weldon, may I ask what brings you to London? Oh, well, of course, I came when I heard poor Elsa was at the point of death. She's been a good friend of mine for a long time. And that goes for you too, Mr. France? Well, naturally, I was very anxious about Elsa. We've been living... Uh, we've been very close friends for years. Mm. Yet you'd quarrel. Well, people do quarrel, you know, even when they're very good friends. What did you quarrel about, Betty Conrad? Why should we quarrel about Betty Conrad? Because Betty was rather fond of you. Oh, it was just a schoolgirl crush, nothing else. I certainly didn't take it seriously. But did Countess Decker take it seriously? Perhaps. Now, come in. I'm sorry to interrupt you, sir, but this message is urgent. No, thank you. Oh, that's all right, Sergeant. Thank you, sir. Well, this is a message from the hospital. Countess Decker's recovered consciousness. She's asking for Mr. France. I'll, I'll go round at once. Uh, I'd like to come with you, Elliot. Uh, one of my men will drive you to the hospital. There's no need for that. We can easily pick up a cab. I'm sorry, sir. I'd like someone to be with you. If Countess Decker's very much better, she may wish to make a statement. Yes, of course. I, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, hello, dear. Sorry, Steve. It was a rather long conference. Has anyone called? Yes, Dennis Harper. And he insisted on waiting for you. He's in your study. Oh, is anything the matter? He won't tell me. But he's obviously upset about something. Hmm. All right, I'll go in and see him. Sorry to have kept you so long, Harper. Oh, that's all right. I hope you didn't mind my waiting. No, not at all. My wife seems to think you've got something on your mind. Well, yes, I have. I read about that bomb explosion in this morning's paper. It said that the car was owned by Captain Smith, so... I was worried in case you thought that I was in some way involved. Why should I think that? Well, I introduced Paddy Smith to you at the Groove Club, if you remember. Oh, so you did. But it was obvious to me you hardly knew the chap. Well, that's it, exactly. He's just one of those chaps you bump into every now and again. You know how it is. Yes, of course. The police are pretty hot on his tail, anyway. Is there anything else? Well, yes, there is. Go on. I telephoned Dr. Conrad's house this evening to see if there was any chance of seeing Betty. I spoke to her father. He said she'd disappeared again. Well, certainly no one seems to know where she is at the moment, but there's no need for you to upset yourself. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, she disappears while I'm in Germany, and now I'm back in England, she disappears again. Well? Well, the police are bound to think I'm concerned in some way or other. I can reassure you on that point. I've just come back from a session at Scotland Yard. Your name was hardly mentioned. Oh, excuse me. Hello? This is Dennis Harper, Mr. Temple. I'd like a word with you. Uh, just hold on a minute, will you? This is rather interesting. You appear to be on the telephone. What do you mean? Precisely what I say. You appear to be on the telephone. But I don't understand. Well, wait a moment. Uh, sorry, Harper, I had a glass in my hand. Uh, what can I do for you? Can I see you this evening? It's rather important. Yes, I should be delighted to see you. I want to talk to you about the disappearance of Betty Conrad and the murder of Gerda Holman. Uh, you suggest the time and place, and I'll meet you, Harper. I'm down at Barnes. All right, I'll meet you there. I have to see someone at a small factory on the river, on the north side, about a hundred yards below Barnes Bridge. It's a firm called Ryder and Taylor. Ryder and Taylor? Yes, they're paper merchants. Uh, could you meet me there, say at um, 12 o'clock? Uh, I don't see why not. Use the side entrance in Feltham Road. All right, I'll try and be there. And don't mention this to anyone, please. Oh, I wouldn't dream of it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, that's the first time I've ever had a telephone conversation with a man who was in the same room with me.
Did you say you knew this place, Boston? Uh, yes, Sir Graham. The factory is just a bit further along. Easy now, Sergeant. The man on the phone told me to use the Fulton Street entrance, so I doubt he'd expect us to approach from the river. All right. Just about here, Sergeant. There is nothing like an element of surprise. Uh, I will go first. All right, Rexford. Don't use torches if you can help it. No, there's no point in advertising ourselves. The place seems to be empty, Bosper. What sort of a factory is it? I think it's used as a warehouse nowadays, sir. Ryder and Taylor are paper merchants and... I thought I heard something. Well, I think I heard something too, sir. Quiet, everybody. I think... I think it's coming from over there. There's a door over here, sir, Graham. Be careful, Beckshaft. Let me go first, sir, just in case. It's all right, Sergeant. Don't worry. I can take care of myself. No torches until I give the word. All right. We better have some light now. Inspector, there's a man over here, sir. Very badly hurt. Looks to me as if he's been beaten up. Ye gods. He certainly has. Stand by, Sergeant, while we take a look at him. Yes, sir. Poor devil. Yes. It's hard to identify him with his face in that mess. He looks a goner to me. Just a minute. I think I recognize that suit. Yes, he was wearing it last night. It's Captain Smith. That was the seventh episode of the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Conrad Case with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Betty Conrad was played by Jane Jordan Rogers, Dennis Harper by John Brining, Breck Shaft by Geoffrey Siegel, and other parts by members of the BBC Drama Repertory Company, produced by Martin C. Webster. <laughs> <laughs>